Welcome to the Female CEO Showbiz Bestie. I'm your business big sis, Courtney, a corporate dropout turned two times founder with a passion for helping women build businesses that support their dream lives, not businesses that run their lives. Let's face it, being a woman is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard, but you don't have to go on this journey alone. I'm here to have the real, unfiltered conversations about business ownership as a woman that no one else is. Get ready to level up and let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. Today, I am joined by one of my real-life biz besties, Lena Sasardich. Lena is a two-times corporate dropout who turned her LinkedIn and TikTok into a personal brand empire that generates 90% of her business revenue. She's known for her casual and slightly rebellious approach to LinkedIn, and she thrives on coaching service-based business owners and agency owners on how to get clients on LinkedIn while showing up authentically. Today, we are unpacking why you need to get your booty on LinkedIn as a business owner. I know it's a place that I never really like thought would work for me or I used it a lot in my corporate days and not so much now as a business owner. But Lena, better known as the LinkedIn baddie, is proving that it is an absolute must for us. So we are going to unpack all of that with Lena today so you feel confident and empowered and motivated to start a presence on LinkedIn as well. So Lena, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Courtney. I'm so excited to be here. We were in a mastermind together and I am just, yeah, this has been a really fun collab opportunity. So yeah, excited to be here. I am so excited. And full disclosure, like I love what Lena is doing so much and have worked in close proximity with her in that mastermind, like she mentioned, that I ended up investing in her program all about LinkedIn and how to master it for myself and my business. And I was like, this is absolutely a conversation that we need to have on the podcast. You guys need to learn all about LinkedIn. So I'm so excited for this conversation today. But Lena, kind of like, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us your story about like dropping out of corporate two times and like how you've kind of ended up here coaching entrepreneurs and agency owners all about LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a bit of a a bit of a broken story, I guess, as an entrepreneur, which is probably pretty common. So I, most of my time in corporate, I was a product manager in tech. That was my thing. I was building a bunch of software for, you know, clients and stuff like that. Um, I loved it. And in 2019, I got this job running an innovation team as a product manager, which was basically my dream job. So that was kind of the first time that I got a taste of entrepreneurship. So before that, I had no idea. I thought like, I thought the first step to starting a company was incorporating it. But when I did that work with the team, it was like, okay, you first actually interview the customers and you kind of prototype something. And this is for like a product-based business, right? Um, So I kind of got a taste of that. And I really loved, especially the people needed. Uh, And then unfortunately, six months in, they cut that team because new leadership came in. And so my dream job, unfortunately, was no longer. And... uh, Part audacity, I decided to quit corporate because I kind of like naively thought like, oh, now I know how to build a business. I'm just going to go become an entrepreneur now. 
And so I set off on a 19 month journey where I was humbled very greatly. I tested six different product ideas. I self-published a book that didn't end up getting a bunch of sales. I did all the things I like freelance wrote in the end. I was like literally trying to make it out there on my own as an entrepreneur. In the end, I completely burnt out and I ended up going back to corporate for a bit. But before I went back to corporate, that whole time that I was doing my kind of 19 months of testing these different SaaS product ideas and working with even founders with successful exits, like I literally was trying to do everything to succeed. But the whole time I was actually posting on LinkedIn. So when I first quit corporate in February 2020, the, my brain immediately went to LinkedIn, actually, because I was like, that's the professional platform. That's where I can actually leave a paper trail of what I've been doing, because I kind of had a feeling I would maybe go back to corporate. And I didn't want people in corporate to be like, oh, you were unemployed for 19 months. It's like, no, I was do, I was testing ideas as an entrepreneur, you know, like it's not doing nothing. I was trying to create something. And so I just did it as a way to leave a paper trail. I was like, I just want to be employable in the end. But because I was sharing kind of my journey authentically, and at the time, not that many people were talking about kind of their entrepreneurial journey openly in 2020, especially with the pandemic and stuff, um, that kind of caught fire on LinkedIn. And I started building a bit of a brand. People really liked kind of the honest journey, not just like the, you know, I own a million dollars now and this is how it happened type of thing. It was like in the moment. And so I built an audience. And so when I got to corporate, I still kept posting on LinkedIn to kind of build my brand. So I kept kind of just stacking more and more things on my brand. Then I was back in, you know, product management and tech in financial services, but I was still kind of doing things on the side. So LinkedIn has always been a constant for me. And then finally, I went back to corporate. I thought I would never be an entrepreneur again. Dumbest thought ever. And I went back into it uh, last year in September, actually, just about a year ago, um, because I literally just could not stop thinking about all the stuff that I did wrong and like essentially fucked up. And I was like, I can do it better next time. So I'm doing it a little better this time, but it's still damn hard. But that's kind of my journey. Yeah. And like LinkedIn, as LinkedIn just kind of turned into my thing. As I grew my brand, people just started asking for help with it. And then, you know, a ton of stuff happened, but that's kind of like the nutshell story. Oh, I love, I love all of this. So tell me a little bit about making that leap from corporate into entrepreneurship. Because you're a seasoned pro at it now, having done it twice for someone who might be listening that is like, they have that pull of like, I meant for something more like corporate isn't for me. I want to do something on my own, but there is, there's so much fear around that, like leaving that safety net, the like, what if I fail the imposter syndrome? What would you say to someone who is in that position right now of like wanting to leap, but like they're afraid the wings might not open on the way down? To someone who is thinking about making the leap from corporate to entrepreneurship, um, I think it's two things that I would want to say. The first thing, you know, the question is, you know, the, their fear is, you know, they're going to open their wings and, and they're not going to spread properly. Chances are high that that's going to happen, right? So I think the first step is just kind of like reality check. Like it might not work out. It might take a long time until it, work out, it works out. It might be really hard. You might end up building something that you literally did not expect. Like I set out to be a SaaS founder. I was like, 
literally I was Preach. like, I'm going to build a SaaS. <laughs> I'm a product manager. Obviously I need my own SaaS product failed miserably. And now I run a coaching business, like had never thought of that. Right. So I think the first thing is like your first idea is probably not going to work out and that's okay. That's the norm. Like it took me literally six ideas to get to where I'm at right Mm -hmm. now. So I think the fear of, you know, you spread your wings and they don't open the way that you want. That's kind of the way that it is. And that's kind of the journey, right? Because you discover what you really want to do and what you're best fit for. So I guess it's kind of like a reality check coupled with a comfort of like, this is kind of the reality. And that's where the fun is, right? The journey. And I think the second thing is like, for me, at least making the jump every single time, like both times now was um, just the alternative was not a viable option for me. I, I spent, you know, probably like over eight years in corporate now in my life and I had some great jobs. I had some great coworkers. I worked on some great projects. Like I had, I did things that I was really freaking proud of, but there were parts of it that like really just killed my soul. And the biggest thing for me was just, I didn't feel like I found the job where I could surround myself with people that truly were like-minded like me. And they wanted to move fast and and try things and Mm -hmm. just kind of go out there and do things. Um, And so I felt like I was always being held back. And so to me, it was almost like, there's no other option. Like, so when I quit corporate the second time, I was like, I just don't belong in corporate, you know, so, and and I'd rather just have something that I can actually scale instead of just being married to a salary for the rest of my life, right? So those are kind of the two things that come to mind when I would be kind of thinking about someone who is considering taking that leap. Absolutely. That's really solid advice, especially the, like the journey of it all. Like that is the fun of it. But I say this, like the business that you start will not be the business that you retire with. Like it is a constant evolution. And even for me, owning a digital marketing agency or like a coaching business, like five years ago, I wouldn't have imagined myself. Like when I left corporate, I did not imagine myself owning a digital marketing agency. And it's just strapping on for the roller coaster and kind of seeing what comes. And even when I launched the agency, like a coaching business wasn't in my mind at all. It came from a desire of other people. And I was like, oh, okay. So like keeping your eyes and ears open and like pivoting, 100% like things are definitely going to go differently than you expect so totally yeah I would love to hear some advice that you have too for someone who is like really fighting to be an entrepreneur like to make their dream work to make it a reality maybe they have had a failed business or two or three or four like what would you say to them after your kind of 19 month journey of trying to make businesses work and it not happening to now being where you are now as a successful business owner. Oh, I'm actually like getting a little bit emotional because like that was Mm. something that honestly, like I did not think that I would be able to do again. So I think like my biggest message to those people is like, I'm, I'm honestly a such a big believer in that if you ever made one jump to do something in entrepreneurship, like you are meant for it, whether that's in terms of you're going to build a seven figure business, or 
why maybe you're going to build a small business that gives you, you know, an extra like two to $5,000 a month. Like that's great. You're still an entrepreneur mm-hmm. yet. But I think if you have once taken the leap, <laughs> like I did into entre- entrepreneurship and you failed or whatever, like there's something in your DNA that is entrepreneurial. So if you did it once, you know, don't feel like just because you failed that now you cannot be an entrepreneur because trust me, like I was that person. I literally like, like six freaking ideas. Like one idea I actually started with um, two, three co-founders, two of them had successful exits. Like I'm talking multi-million. Like I was like, this is, this is like a good to go thing. Right. Like, but no, it still blew up in my face. So it's like, but but yet here I am once again. So I think it's just the big message. It's kind of cliche, but it's like, you just have to keep getting up. And the good news is it gets a little easier to get up. Like you kind of build thicker skin. Absolutely. I love that. How did you kind of navigate that failure? Because I think a lot of people would really struggle like failing like six times and continuing to get back up and to continue fighting? What was kind of your mindset as you were experiencing this and kind of pivoting into new business idea into new business idea? This is honestly where my background as a product manager really saved me. I think that is Mm -hmm. one of the biggest reasons why I was able to cycle through those ideas. So when I was a product manager, there was this one project that I worked on where I worked on it with the best engineer that we had in the company. And it was this like massive project for a custom client. Well, we hadn't really done the proper customer discovery. So we ended up and we were not really allowed to talk to the client because they were busy with some other things. Anyway, classic corporate situation, you know, building a product in the dark, essentially for a year, for an entire year, we built the product, we launched it, um, or we soft launched it and, and no one bought it. And literally, like, I don't even think they're still like, I think that thing is still somewhere sitting in the dark, right? That experience was so painful for me that it was ingrained in me, the idea of I never want to work on something past the point where I don't think it's going to work, right? Whether I think the idea has been invalidated or this is kind of the bigger thing is I'm just not the right person for it. There was a product idea that I started. um, It was called Hypothesis. So it was like an idea validation tool for like startup accelerators or something. It was super random. Um, And in the end, I I thought that there was some viability, but I just like didn't feel passionate about it anymore. And so I decided to kind of just bin it and move on. Right. So I think just having that like, you know, not falling in love with your own ideas and understanding that it's not personal, like it feels Mm. personal because no one wants to buy like your baby that you created but it's like the market is just, there's so many factors, right? So just understanding that it's not necessarily a full reflection of you and just knowing that you, you know, most things are just not going to work out and you just have to keep cycling through to, and that, that's what I done with like product management, right? You cycle through different ideas and you see what works. And so I think I was primed to kind of just keep going. Although I will say like at the 19 month, Well, actually, even leading up to the 19 month point, I mean, there were some very dark moments, like I was just like, I, I was like, I don't know if I can do this, like, I feel like my soul is being like pulled out of me. But I think it's just like, 
you know, it just goes back to like, what's the other option? Like the other option is to go to a nine to five, which is fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just for me personally, I didn't want to do that. And that's Mm -hmm. what kept me pushing. And that's how I think I decided to make the jump again. Cause I was like, you know, I failed so much. Like surely the success is around the corner. (laughs) Absolutely. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. I think there is so much power in knowing when it's time to walk away from something in, in business, but like in life and not just like clinging on to these things for dear life and going down with the ship. It's like, no, like the self-awareness and almost like the, a little bit of like the detachment from your baby to see it objectively and not be so emotional in it because it is, it's business. And being able to jump or walk away and leave the things that aren't serving you, that aren't that aren't working for you anymore. So I really, I really respect that like approach that you took and kind of like the mindset that you have from your past as a project manager, because so many people will just stick with a business that isn't working because they won't walk away from it. And there's, there's so much power in knowing when it's time to walk away. Yeah, it's crazy because you can just like dump so much. Like one of my girlfriends, she's been building an app for three years and like hasn't monetized it. And and I know that she's just in love with it. She can't let it go. She thinks it exists. And and the issue, this is actually a really important point that I want to double click on. The challenge that I think she's having is she wants to be an entrepreneur so badly that she is forcing this idea to work, but all the only change that she needs to make is move on to the next idea. Like, so it's almost like people are torturing themselves and, and lowering their confidence by working on something that's not going to work out. And then they feel like a failure, but ironically, actually, if you could just fail the idea and move on, you actually don't become a failure because you're kind of moving on. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. I think the, I think the best entrepreneurs view everything as a case study. Like everything is a learning opportunity. Like nothing's a failure. It's a learning opportunity. And then you take what you learned and pivot, pivot it into the next thing and not just like sit and wallow in self-pity that you're a failure. Because I mean, if you want to get really nitty gritty with it, like every entrepreneur who has probably ever existed is a failure in some way, shape or form. Like there's, not everything is always going to work out. And that's like you said, like that's the fun of it is the like constant innovation is strapping in for the roller coaster ride and seeing what happens, but it's no fun to get on the roller coaster and then just like sit there and not go anywhere. You want to take off and you want to hit the highs and you want to hit the lows. And it really is a journey. And I, I love how you're, how you're, like putting this into words. And I feel like this is going to resonate with so many people who are listening that are maybe feeling stuck in, in some place. Um, so really quickly, before we dive in to LinkedIn, I want to ask you a bit about when you went back to corporate the second time and what that was like, what kind of led to the decision for you to be like, okay, like it's time to go back. And then what your experience was like while you were there that led you to be like, nope, nope, this isn't for me. We're out. We're doing it again. Tell us a little bit about that chunk of your journey. Yeah, yeah, totally. So 
The reason I decided to go back to corporate was towards the end of the entrepreneurial, the 19 months of the entrepreneurial journey. I was actually freelance writing in the end just because I was like so burnt out and I was like so tired of launching these products and like getting kind of like slapped in the face by the market. And so I was freelance writing. So it's basically essentially kind of like selling my time for money, essentially, right? Um, like I wasn't charging hourly, but at the end of the day, you know, you can only write so many blog posts. Um, there was no chat GPT back then. No, I'm joking. I would never, never do that. Um, but so at that point, because one of the things that I forgot to mention about why I decided to make the jump to entrepreneurship was I kind of alluded to it. It's the whole, I don't want to be married to a salary. I want to be able to kind of scale myself and make more than just how much I can make by selling my time. And that was always my objective with entrepreneurship. I was like, I want to make more by doing the same amount, right? So when I was freelance writing, I was like, I'm basically selling my time for money. And like, let's be honest, I could get paid way more as a product manager. Like I can get like my six figure salary back. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll just go back. Like I may as well. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I genuinely did not think that I would, I was like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I just can't do it. It's all good. Yeah. Whatever. I literally turned myself in on Twitter and LinkedIn. I like actually ended up going viral on Twitter. It was like my only viral tweet. But I basically just said like, hey, guys, I've been on the entrepreneurial journey for 19 months. I'm tired. I'm just going to go back to corporate for a bit. I can't wait to be a product manager. And I literally went viral because people are just like, and all these entrepreneurs started coming out of the woodwork. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you for saying this. Like, I went back to corporate and I feel so shameful. Like, I literally have like, like it's tweets and tweets and tweets of people being like, thank you for speaking about this. And I have two YouTube videos where I talk about this and like the people just go nuts. Cause like no one talks about it. Right. Cause it's so shameful. Yeah. But, but that was the reason I was just like, I was burnt out. I was selling my time for money. I was like, this is just not working again. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not working. Let's just fucking move on. Like, I'm not going to rot away here for the rest of my life. Um, so I went back to corporate and in the beginning, it was really good. I was like, oh, this is great. Like my work is cut out for me. I'm working with a team again. I'm like making mm-hmm. an impact. And it was like, great. And I brought like my whole entrepreneurial energy. in. I was like, oh, like we're going to do all these things. It's going to be so awesome. And it was like awesome for a bit until like something started shifting. New leadership came in and I started getting jaded. You start to kind of like get affected by like, you know, some of the people in corporate who just like aren't really wanting to do anything special. They're just like, can we just do our job and move on? Yeah. And so it started really weighing on me. And the, the catalyst actually was in May of last year, which was uh, about like six, uh, eight months into my uh, going back to corporate. I started a TikTok channel because I wanted to create TikToks for my company. That was like my big thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to become like a TikTok creator, just like in a job. Um, and so I started a TikTok channel just to literally like figure it out minimally so I could like call myself a marketer and be like, I know TikTok. Well, my third video ended up going viral, which I did not expect with like wow. a million views. And I was like, what? And so I was like, this is kind of a thing because no one was talking about LinkedIn in a fun way on TikTok, right? So I actually blew up and I grew to like, like I grew to like 10,000 followers in like two weeks or something, or maybe like a week, actually. Like it was crazy. Like I just grew like crazy. And that was kind of the seed that got planted in because now I had this TikTok channel and I was like teaching people about LinkedIn and they were like loving it. I was going live and they were like, oh my God, this is gold. 
And then people started asking me for help. They're like, hey, can you review my LinkedIn profile? Can you do this? And I was like, okay, sure, put it in my link tree. And that's when I started thinking about all the things of like that I did wrong the last time. And so coupled with kind of my experience in corporate where I kind of felt like I was kind of being pushed out because it was just not really the right vibe, um, that slowly kind of started to make me think about it. The other thing that was going on, which I think you kind of asked about, like, what was it like being back in corporate with kind of having been an entrepreneur, having a personal brand on LinkedIn? Because by then, like, I had a big personal brand on LinkedIn. So it's like, and I connected with all my coworkers. And so every day they saw my LinkedIn posts. It was like super weird. And so every day I would go into a meeting, they're just like, oh, like I loved your post about that thing. Or like, that was like really valuable. Or like, I never knew that you like did that like two years ago or something. And so it was really nice because it added more um, actually authority for me within corporate. Because as soon as I stepped into this job, I was, I was like a seasoned product manager. So as my trade, you know, as my craft, I, I had experience, but also I had this kind of you know, online brand. And I think a lot of people respected that. And so a lot of people kind of, I felt like it was a really positive experience and people kind of looked up to me. But at the same time, of course, there are negatives where, you know, your coworkers are watching you and your boss is watching you and you're kind of like trying to straddle the, you know, line between like, I want to speak my voice, but also not, um, there was one LinkedIn post that actually my boss, he's like, uh, maybe that's like too much. And I was like, okay, cool. So like, pushing the boundaries you learn. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was like, I think it was fine. I don't really care that people could see my content and stuff. Um, but I think like that, that kind of nudged me towards the entrepreneurial thing. Cause I was still kind of spinning it in my head. Right. Mm -hmm. What kind of content were you posting on LinkedIn while you were in corporate? So what I started posting about when I went back to corporate was actually more about product management, just because that was kind of like what I was doing okay. at the time. I generally usually just post content about mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Um, and then I also was posting about TikTok because I was talking like I was on TikTok a lot. So I was like talking about that um, and maybe talking a little bit about LinkedIn, but not really. It was mainly just kind of product management and maybe just like storytelling okay. of like my entrepreneurial days, something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. What kind of content were you posting during your like 19 month run as an entrepreneur when you were talking about how you were posting on LinkedIn while you were out of corporate? What did that look like? Yeah. So that one was definitely more free. So mm -hmm. In the beginning, I was posting kind of like classic content where it's like, you know, oh, like, you know, I read this article and it was really interesting or something like that. Or like, you know, I got my Canadian citizenship and then it's like, you go viral because everyone's like happy for you. Um, but as I really kind of got into like properly creating content on LinkedIn, it was honestly mostly just like honest storytelling. It was just like, hey, like I'm launching a new product. This is why I'm launching it. Or like, you know, I'm working on the new landing page. I suck at landing pages, but like, here's the screenshot. Like I'm building it in Webflow, even though it's like really complicated. Um, you know, I partnered up with, you know, I'm, I'm starting a new company. Like I partnered up with these people. I'm so excited after all these failures. Like it was very just like kind of honest storytelling and almost like documenting. I guess they call it like building in public and just like, just ah. basically sharing my journey and like doing some educational content, but mostly kind of like an online journal, basically of like, 
what I was up to, lessons yeah. learned, stuff like that. Yeah. Ah, I love that. The online journal and like documenting it, keeping yeah, people yeah. kind of in the loop with what you're doing. I like that. And sharing like the behind the scenes, like one really fun thing that I did was I wanted to drive traffic to a new YouTube video that I posted. And I decided to, because a lot of people would um, say to me like, oh, you're so good on camera. But the truth is, it's like, you know, there's so much editing that goes on in the background. So I posted like the blooper of the YouTube video of me like awkward as fuck, like like repeating myself and like trying to record. And I was like, this is the reality of like filming. Like, yes, I'm good on camera, but like, this is what happens in the background. And I ended up driving 43 clicks to that YouTube video from LinkedIn. It's like really hard to drive traffic externally from like a post, right? But like people loved it. And so I was doing fun things like that, like using humor to just like lighten up the feed. And Mm -hmm. that was kind of the biggest thing I think that worked, you know? I agree because, okay, actually let's talk about this because I think a lot of people and like myself included really view LinkedIn as a like the professional place. Like it's very like buttoned up, suit and tie, like it feels a little uptight, a little like hoity-toity and like kind of competitive. Like there's just kind of like a weird vibe on LinkedIn. And especially for me, like I'm literally just connected with my like people from high school, people from college, people from corporate. And it's like this weird little ecosystem. How do you see LinkedIn? Or like, what would you say to people who just view it as like a very like uptight, like very polished platform? Because I love how you're bringing a more relaxed, like a more fun feel to it, because that's definitely like not the vibe of the platform. Yeah, yeah, no, this is a good topic. It's so funny, because like, every time that someone asks me this, like, I guess, because because I've been building my LinkedIn network for so long, and because I post the type of content that I do, I've just generally kind of like, essentially, like my whole network is people who resonate with that, right? So my pocket of link, like my view of LinkedIn, because of my network is like, I don't really see that much like uptight stuff. So this is kind of the thing, right? So this is the secret of of LinkedIn. So there's all kinds of corners of LinkedIn. There's maybe not as many corners as TikTok, but there are, you know, people who are just like very, very edgy on LinkedIn. And the thing that I kind of help all my clients to do is basically reprogram their feed and their network to show them things that actually resonate, right? So it's not about like, disconnecting from people because I'm a really big believer in what's called the strength of weak ties, which is basically the concept that it's the people who are further in our network that are more likely to uncover opportunities for us because we're not privy to that information. So people who are closer to us, sometimes like we're exposed to the same things, but when you go out in your network, those people are in different areas and and they can kind of connect you, right? So that's why I always say, don't delete your ex-coworkers, don't delete your ex-college friends. Because one of my clients actually in the LinkedIn Baddie program, she landed a client because um, she knew them through a girl she went to college with that she partied with. And she landed like a four-figure client. So strength of weak ties. But at the same time, um, so it's not about like deleting your old network, but it's about replenishing your network with new people who resonate with the same thing 
and also posting content that is going to magnetize those people, right? So when I post, you know, really in your face content on LinkedIn with like, you know, weird TikTok trending videos, like, you know, maybe like making fun of people using too much chat, chat GPT, it's like, that's going to repel some people on LinkedIn, some people who just, you know, like the, the old CEO who just wants to like go on and read his financial report, like he's going to be repelled. And I'm like, great, you know, we're, I'm not creating content for you. So it's a process yeah. for you to kind of create the LinkedIn network that, that matches for you. And, and that's really the secret, right? And, and the good news is, is that, you know, people are desperate. For that on LinkedIn. Like it's, it's crazy. People want authenticity on there. They're sick of the corporate shit. They're sick of like faceless companies promoting bullshit. Like it's employees now promoting for companies. Like it's people are now like mm-hmm. in, in the companies, like the cool companies, like it's all the employees are like active on LinkedIn. So there's a massive, massive shift, especially post pandemic. So like huge, huge, exciting opportunity. I get really lit up. <laughs> Interesting. Wait, so tell us a little bit more about the shift that you're seeing on LinkedIn and kind of like what what's changing? So the big change was the pandemic. That was when everything changed because okay. LinkedIn is the professional platform. And so a lot of people made fun of LinkedIn during mm-hmm. the pandemic. They're like, oh, it's becoming like Facebook, which it, it is. But uh-huh. the reason actually is because that's what the people want because people don't want faceless companies Mm. promoting bullshit anymore they want to know about the real person behind the profile like when i was posting about my journey like that's why people liked it because they're like we want a real person we don't want the fancy like multi-billion dollar ceo telling us what to do we want like an average person sharing their like scars and just being honest right because when the pandemic happened people realized that their life is not just work and they don't want to just be like a cog Mm. in a machine. They're a human being. They have kids at home. They have pets to take care of. They have like a life. They want to go out on the weekend, you know? So that was really felt on LinkedIn because it's the professional platform. So people started opening up during the pandemic, right? People sharing pictures like, hey, me and my PJs taking another Zoom call, like me with my kids with a Zoom call, me taking a walk, like that really like, and I thought it was really beautiful because we got to actually see like the real people behind the companies, right? And that's been the big Mm -hmm. shift. And people are again, just tired of fake bullshit, right? And like marketing has advanced so much that that's been the biggest shift. And I think it's felt the most on LinkedIn because it used to be so uptight. Interesting. Oh, okay. I love this. You're making LinkedIn sound fun (laughs) now this way, (laughs) but we really have seen that shift happen on like all social platforms. People want the authenticity. Like people are tired of just like the brand pages, posting sales content and graphics. Like We want the behind the scenes. We want to know the business owner, not just the business. So it's really interesting. And I feel like like TikTok really kind of ushered that in, that like raw, real content, which faded over onto Instagram. And we're also seeing it on LinkedIn too, which is super cool. But I think overall people are just, people are tired of the bullshit uh, and it doesn't really matter where you're at or what platform you're on. The more you're willing to open up and be more authentic and like loosen up the tie, take the bra off, like get a little uncomfortable. 
I think though, like those are the brands, those are the businesses that are going to be exploding over the next couple of years. The ones that are like really building like a brand, like building a movement and showcasing themselves and like really building that trust and showcasing the author, the authority that they have through that authenticity versus here's a sales graphic. Here's this nice graphic that we made in Canva that you're just going to scroll right past because you see 20 others that look like them. That is so interesting. Okay. Question for someone who struggles with like, with loosening the tie with like, you know, letting their hair down a little bit on social, especially with LinkedIn and that like just the preconceived notion that they have of it being a more professional platform. What advice do you have to give to like, to help people be a little bit more authentic on social, on LinkedIn? Like how do they kind of break down that barrier from being like, here are three tips to do X, Y, and Z, like the content that they're used to posting to being like, hey, like this is me, this is me behind the scenes, like here's my blooper reel, like stuff that might make them a little uncomfortable in comparison to what they've been doing. Totally, totally, yeah. Um, I think I have like three, three things. So let's make sure that I remember them. So the first thing I think is what comes to mind is like social learning theory, where we are comfortable doing things when we see other people doing them, right? And so this is where reprogramming your feed is honestly so important. Like when I work with any of my clients or like inside the LinkedIn Baddie program, whenever we, they actually start connecting with people who are posting content that's like human, and they're also like small business owners, they're not just like a massive, like, you know, like S&P 500 company or something like that. Um, they start to get more comfortable doing it as well, right? So obviously, if you're, you know, just in your original circle of like, everyone's in a tie, and you're the only person that's like, here's a meme, it's just like, obviously, you're going to feel weird. And maybe you're not yeah. going to get that much engagement, right? But if you surround yourself with, you know, what I like to call LinkedIn baddies, who are just out there doing fun stuff, um, you're going to feel more comfortable doing it yourself as well, right? So that's kind of the first step is really just surrounding yourself with people who make you feel like you can do it as well. Um, the second piece is, um, I think, just like pushing through the discomfort and just understanding that that's actually what, like, like just understanding the opportunity to stand out on LinkedIn. Like, yes, it's uncomfortable, but... It's just like, if you just, the amount of discomfort, like what, how, how do I put this? It's like, you just have to get past a little bit of discomfort in order to stand out on LinkedIn. But I feel like on Instagram, there's sometimes a little more, bit more, cause there's like the aesthetic and all this stuff. So it's almost like there's so many hoops that you have to yeah. jump through to get out there. And you're just like, and then it flops and you're like, oh, but on LinkedIn, it's kind of like, it's easier. Like, it's just so like, just trusting that like, there's a bigger opportunity. Like, I'll tell you, for example, my nickname on LinkedIn, other than the LinkedIn baddie is actually car selfie woman. I have a post on Monday going out about this. Everyone calls me car selfie woman. And the reason is because I always post car selfies with my posts. And like, I landed a client in January, pretty much from a car selfie post, because she was like, I never saw that in the feed. Like, it's so weird. And like, and she liked the message too. It wasn't just like the car selfie, but that catches people in the feed. 
if I post a car selfie on Instagram, even if I did it 30 times, no one's going to call me car selfie woman because there's a ton of people posting car selfies and weird shit like that. On LinkedIn, you can become a car selfie woman. I didn't even post that many car selfies. Maybe it was like eight or something over the course of like seven months. And then I started being called car selfie woman. So just trusting (laughs) that like, it's so much easier to like make an impact on LinkedIn. Like you do one little weird thing. Everyone's like, oh my God, she posted a blooper. Did you see that? Because everyone's scared, right? So it's like trusting that like the ROI is huge. The third thing that I'll say is this comes after you start doing it, but when you see the signal, so this is big because all my clients, like they're scared in the beginning. They're just like, oh my God, like, I don't want to comment on that person. I don't know them, but I'm like, just, just do it. Or like, I don't want to DM them. Like that's such a weird like joke. And I'm like, just do it. Just write the joke. And then the person is like, still like, oh my God, that's hilarious. They're like, oh, like they actually liked it. And like, this actually works. (laughs) And like, people are actually connecting with me because of this weird shit that I have in my headline that's when you start to actually get bought in. You're like, whoa, it actually works. It's actually easier to stand out on LinkedIn. So I think the the kind of like advice that I have is like, try to find a way to get through those three steps so that you get bought in. And at that point, honestly, it's like, it's a snowball because you're just like, this is so much fun. Like, and you can just like go, go nuts with it, right? So that would kind of be my, I guess like my three-step framework for, I should do a post on that, my three-step framework for how to, drop the nerves and get on LinkedIn. You definitely should. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So for, okay. So for someone who's listening and they're like, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about getting on LinkedIn, but like, I'm already running an Instagram. I'm already running like a TikTok. Like I'm already creating a lot of content. Why should I get on LinkedIn? Like why should people be getting on LinkedIn? Why should we be like spending that time on that platform while also like managing the others? What would you say? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, So again, three things. Um, (laughs) I think the first thing is it's, I mean, call me biased. I don't think I'm biased, but I think it's the highest ROI platform because the average person on LinkedIn has, um, makes 75, I think it's like over 40% of people on LinkedIn make over $75,000 a year. So it's like, that's where the people with the money are. Mm. And that's where the companies with the bigger budgets are. That's where they're searching for you. Like that's kind of where I think the higher caliber clients are in terms Mm. of like where they're searching for serious businesses that they know they'll be able to find. Like, I don't think people are going to go on Instagram to try and like, like an official company. If you're working with, let's say, you know, they're more likely to go on LinkedIn because they're going to likely find more reliable search results on Instagram. It's like anyone can create an Instagram account and pretend to be a business, but not everyone can create a legitimate LinkedIn profile with your whole work history tied together for legitimacy. Right. Yeah. Um, They've even started verifying government ID in Canada for LinkedIn. So now you're literally verified as like a real legitimate trusted person, which is very valuable if you're trying to hire someone with wow. all the scammers in the world these days, right? No joke. So I think that's the first thing. Um, okay. And the, I guess, yeah, the first thing was kind of like the ROI. And the, the second thing that I kind of want to just highlight a little more is just the fact that people are searching for you on there. So I'm really convinced, actually, that you don't necessarily, like, 
if you're a business owner and let's say you absolutely don't have time and don't want to post content frequently on LinkedIn, I would still highly, highly recommend that you at least optimize your profile and network a little bit because people are searching for you on there. When some of my clients optimize their profile, they land a client right away because of their existing network, even if it's small. And that's where people are seriously searching for them, right? So it's almost like it's a free directory that like you may as well just get on there. How much you're going to do is up to you. But like if I see your LinkedIn profile and it's not clear that you're a business owner, like I'm scared for you, like optimize the profile, just, just even in a basic way. Right. The third thing that I'll say is, um, this is kind of my theory on multi-channel. So a lot of people, you know, when they talk about omnipresence, they're like, Oh, you know, we're adding another channel. Like we're adding a whole new channel. Now we have new content. Now we have everything's new and, and of course, there's the engagement. I'm not going to lie. Like that's going to get duplicated because it's a different platform. But if we're talking about content creation specifically, which is really where a lot of the effort goes into, whenever someone says like, oh, but like I'm already posting on these platforms, I can't possibly add another channel. My kind of like objection to that is maybe you need to rethink how you do content because the way that I do content is not like, here's my Instagram post, here's my TikTok post, here's my LinkedIn post, like you know, like, here's my Instagram, my TikTok and my LinkedIn content. Now I'm doing three sets of content. No, it's like, here are the four things that I want to say this week. And here's how I'm going to distribute it across my email, my Instagram, my TikTok, my LinkedIn, like everything, right? My Instagram stories, my YouTube, my weekly live or whatever. So I would kind of think like, maybe you need to rethink the way that you're creating content to make it more efficient and implement a repurposing strategy, because I repurpose all my content. Like I don't spend that much time for how many platforms I have. And I'm on basically like five platforms actually, because it's LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and email, right? But if you do it correctly, I think you're, 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 you know, doing your marketing more efficiently. So that would kind of be my objection. Like maybe there's a better way to do omni-channel so you can get the ROI because it would be a pity for you to not, you know, make a bunch of bank on LinkedIn just because you think that you now have to do everything from scratch, which is not true. Definitely. I, I love that. I think that is so true. It, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time you make a social post. Like you just don't have to. And the fear of like being too repetitive. Like I literally don't remember what I wore yesterday like what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Like people are not paying as close of attention to you as you think that they are. Like they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, she posted the same thing. Like uh, talking about the same like idea, the same message last month. Like, come on. Like it's just, it doesn't happen. And I feel like we get in our head so much that like we constantly have to be putting out these new great ideas and pieces of content when in reality, I think the strongest brands have repetition because that's how totally. you really like drive home those core messages or the like core ideas that you have and that make you stand out. And so you can become that go-to person for whatever it is, but it's really hard to become an authority when you talk about something completely different every single time you post, then you're just kind of, then you're just kind of all over the place. So I love that. Now, okay, so we've we've convinced people to get on LinkedIn. 
amazing. Or getting on LinkedIn now. What are some like pitfalls that we should be looking out for? Things that we should be avoiding or like some things that most people get wrong when they get on LinkedIn? Totally. Yeah. So um, the first pitfall that comes to mind is not fully optimizing your profile. So I think especially if you're coming from like TikTok okay. or Instagram, uh, people aren't usually used to the fact that LinkedIn, there's just so much on the profile. And also if you haven't been on LinkedIn for like five yeah. years and you haven't been paying attention, they've added so much that it's like, there's so much opportunity wow. for you to talk about yourself, for you to come up in search results, for you to show your personality, to tell a story, use visuals. Like you have a beautiful, like visual real estate at the top that you can use to like grab attention. I think just really leaning into filling out the profile fully, but also just really giving yourself permission to be fun because it's funny. I was actually in a sales page workshop the other day and this thing happened to me, which I see happen to my clients. So they go to sit down to write their LinkedIn profile and they just freeze. And they're just like, I'm a seasoned professional. You go into robot mode, right? Like you go into LinkedIn mode. And so when I actually, mm -hmm. I used, and so that's what happened to me in the sales page workshop. I was like, and everyone's like, put some baddie energy into that copy. And I'm just like, I hate sales pages. Like I just become like this really boring robot, right? But that's what happens because you're under pressure. And so when I used to actually like offer a done for you service for LinkedIn profile optimization for my clients, it was like a full kind of like high-end service. I would get them to free write to questions. I'm like, forget about LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn doesn't exist. This is you and the questions just, just go crazy. And it was like really triggering questions. I was like, what like breaks your heart? What pisses you off? Like what lit a fire under your butt to start this business? They like go nuts and they're just like, oh, like this is really like getting me really worked up. I'm like, good. Like if your blood pressure is rising, the exercise is working. And so like really just giving yourself permission to actually be yourself on your profile, right? That's how you're going to attract the right type of client who vibes with you. So yeah, number one pitfall is just not fully... Um, optimizing and taking advantage of the profile. Um, okay. The second pitfall is not reprogramming your feed and not growing your network, because not only are you not adding more kind of ideal clients to your network, but you're also staying in that pocket that you don't feel comfortable in. You don't, you can't create fun content. You don't feel represented. It just becomes like a chore instead of something that's like fun, right? Yeah. So that's the second thing, like just failing to understand and, and not proactively growing your networks. I think from other social media channels, um, it's like you wait for people to follow you, right? But on LinkedIn, you mm. go and connect, like you proactively build your network. I have a post coming out about this. You can literally, literally every single week, add ideal clients into your network. Maybe not all wow. of them will connect your, like, accept your connection request, but you can literally here's 50 people. They're all my ideal clients. I'm going to connect with them. 20% will connect back. Now I have 20 more like, or 10 more ideal clients in my audience. Like imagine that you can't do that on Instagram, right? So proactively wow, yeah. growing your network. I think that's the biggest pitfall that I see. Um, and then the third pitfall kind of we're in the theme of threes here is, is the content posting content mm -hmm. that's just generic and and is just like only educational doesn't really have like life in it that I think is is because I get it you think that it needs to be professional you think it needs to be corporate but the truth is like 
the more you let go, the more like engagement you get and the more leads you get. So just really finding a way to give yourself permission to share your raw stories, like actually connect with your audience and don't be afraid to share your scars. Like people want to see that like you're not a perfect person, right? So Mm -hmm. I think those are kind of like the main the main three pitfalls and they kind of match up with like my LinkedIn triangle, which is like the profile, the network and the content. These are the three things that you need to land clients on LinkedIn optimized. Yeah. I love it. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing. So, okay. We're on LinkedIn. Our profile's optimized. We're growing our network. We're posting content. Now, like what works to actually land the clients on LinkedIn? How are we landing clients? Totally, yeah. So, I mean, there's honestly like a million ways to do it. Like there's, um, like I have a certain approach, but like just to kind of open up the whole possibility, it's like you can do cold pitching if you want, you can do warm pitching, you can use sales navigator and do campaigns. Like, like there's a million ways that you can sell. I personally like to sell in two ways. So I like to sell through my content and then I like to sell in Mm -hmm. the DMs, but like in a more kind of like something that I find really fun about LinkedIn is like, it's a bit more of like a serious sales platform. Like it's kind of like you're, you're on there to sell. Like you're not trying to like, you know, do this, like, Hey, like, you know, here's like a cute carousel. It's just like, Hey, like we're in business. Like either you're buying my shit or not. Like I'm not here to chat and like talk about like, bullshit even though like I chat with some of my audience in the dms but it's like we're not trying to be cutesy here this is a real situation it's like a professional almost mm-hmm. like conference right so like bring the money right um and so <laughs> um so basically um sorry I just completely lost my train of thought what, what were we talking about we're on LinkedIn. Uh, how to land the land clients, clients yeah. on LinkedIn so so that was kind of my little segue or, or my random uh thing about the DMs, which I'll talk about in a second, but mainly through content and and DM. So through content, um, basically I've simplified my entire LinkedIn content strategy. So this is my LinkedIn content strategy, but it's really just like, honestly, all of social media, the way you write the content is obviously different on LinkedIn, but I basically just have like four categories of content that I found. If I cycle through, I will land clients, but I don't sell in every one of them. So the four categories are specific educational content where we're educating our um, ideal clients on like a very specific thing that's like specific to them. Problemware content, again, agitating them to take action by highlighting the gap that they have between like where they want to go versus where they are right now. Uh, Third category is authority building. So this could be like client social proof or like your social proof or like you sharing like your expertise, like something like that. Um, And then the fourth category, which is extremely popular on LinkedIn is storytelling. So any kind of raw storytelling lesson learned. And I find that if I do kind of like a call to action at the end of the post to um, be uh, at the end of problem aware content, authority content or storytelling content, I find that's where usually I get leads. Educational sometimes, but that's mainly just for like growth and like getting people to build trust Mm -hmm. and come back to your content. But those three categories and something that is kind of I've seen on LinkedIn that I haven't seen in other platforms is we get really specific with who we're targeting and we add what's called qualifiers at the end of the post. So sometimes I'll literally like at the end, I'll put like a PS 
And I'm like, is this you? And we'll literally get really clear about who we're targeting. You know, this is your audience. This is how much money you're Mm. making. This is what you're struggling with. You want this. DM me if like you want help with that or whatever. So we're really getting kind of more explicit about like who we're selling to, right? So, but basically essentially like selling in your content, getting people to DM you directly from those pieces of content. Um, And then the other way to sell, which is like, um, I'm experimenting a little more with this side now is kind of doing a little more like warm outbound. So I still think Mm -hmm. it's like inbound because the person's coming in to you and talking to you, but you're kind of like accelerating the sales conversation. So I've been doing a lot of experimenting where you kind of like, just for lack of better words, like go after people a little more in the DMs and just kind of like get closer to the sale, like be more direct as you kind of can be on LinkedIn. So those are the two ways that I personally, like I personally sell on LinkedIn and I teach my clients to sell on LinkedIn. I love, I love it. So it seems so simple. And I think you were honestly probably the person who said this, but it really resonated with me was that when you're posting on LinkedIn, like the people who are on there are in a business mindset. Like they're ready to make a business decision. Like you're not interrupting their scroll with your business post while they're looking at pictures of their friends and of their family and of cute dogs. Like they are probably sitting at their office or like they're at work and looking through things. Or maybe like you said, like they're actively searching for someone who does what you do for help. And like, they're already in that mindset. So it's like, you already have their attention in that like business focused way. Whereas on Instagram or even on TikTok, like you kind of have to grab their attention and be like, Hey, like I need you to get serious with me for a second. And like, Hey, I know those dogs are really freaking cute, but like, let's talk business for a second. And it's like the, the readjust I feel like sometimes things just don't click or people are like, uh, you know what? I'm bored. Like I want to keep looking at videos of cats and they still scroll past your content. But I feel like you don't have to fight all of that extra noise on LinkedIn, which makes it really appealing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, you know, that it's kind of like, it's almost a little bit more of like, I actually can't believe I'm saying this, but it's kind of like honest selling some sometimes because sometimes Mm. I feel like, like a lot of the time in the DMs, honestly, when I'm having like a conversation and someone's giving me buyer signals, like I literally, I'm like, Hey, are you looking for support for this? Like, do you need help with this? Like, are you, are you actively searching for like this? And those kind of questions you can way easier Mm -hmm. ask because if this is like, why the hell else are you on fucking LinkedIn? Like, you know, like obviously we're all trying to like better ourselves, especially if you're a business owner. Right. And so, yeah, that, that's a big one. And I think that's what makes it easier to sell because you're like, everyone's selling, right? So yes, the caveat is like, you kind of mentioned this earlier, like there's a competitive feel on LinkedIn and there is absolutely. It's like, everyone's out there, like, you know, selling pretty directly. Right. But I think, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. It's a little bit harder because that's, you know, it feels a little intimidating, but you know, the good news is, is a lot of people are, like you said, they're in that mindset. You're not, you're not interrupting them. I think that's a big one. And, and they don't get as apprehensive of like, cause if you DM someone on Instagram, 
it's kind of just like, whoa, like, excuse me. It's like you stepped into their living room <laughs> with like a sale. But on LinkedIn, it's kind of just like, oh, okay, like you're in the patio. It makes sense. Like, obviously you're in the patio, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. That does. That makes perfect sense. It's like, oh yeah, I, I kind of expected that. And I think if you can be like, if you can be genuine, if you're authentic, if you're posting that really solid content, you will stand out even more too. Because I know like, I'm not even super active on LinkedIn and I get like in mail daily, at least like a couple weekly of just these like spam messages that, you know, they are just copy and pasting to everyone. Like they aren't even connecting with me and they don't really know what I do. And they're just sending me these spam messages. And so there are a lot of people on LinkedIn selling, but it's like, there aren't a lot of, there aren't a ton of people on LinkedIn that are all selling in the right way or are like showcasing their authority or making themselves stand out. They're just like trying to send as many cold messages as they can. And so I really love your approach. And I feel like that just automatically like sets you apart. I feel like you already have a bit of a leg up being on LinkedIn because people are already in that business mindset are in the mindset to make sales or to make purchasing decisions. And then you've already like, warmed up your audience a little bit or showcased your authority and you're not just out there like being spammy and then it does like it, I feel like it makes that door like wide open for people to walk into if they would like to and just makes that sales journey like a yeah like a little quicker like you mentioned like you're kind of speeding up that process a little bit because you don't have to go from like ice cold frozen solid to like warming up a lead. Like I feel like they kind of come in and they're already a little warm just from being on LinkedIn and you being authentic and posting solid content. Yeah. I mean, this conversation's making me so excited. You brought up a really good point though. It's that a lot of people are still selling badly on LinkedIn, like through spam. Right. And so this is again, like Mm -hmm. a massive opportunity. If you can come in as an authentic person and tell a story and subtly sell in the end, Oh my God, like you're gonna, I'll tell you, like I had a prospect recently in the DMs, I was kind of trying a new strategy on him and I don't think it's the right fit. So we're still kind of figuring out what the hell's going on. But I did this really weird thing where I talked about it on my stories where I don't think like a lot of people do this on LinkedIn, but he was honestly like such a nice guy, like just like great guy. And so I was like, and initially he had reached out to me because um, he was like, I want help with like, how do I DM people? That's kind of the, the number one topic of everyone. Like, how do I DM those ideal clients without being like sounding like the weird creep? Um, and so mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, you know what? I was like, Hey, like, um, cause we had a really extensive DM conversation. I pulled him through kind of my framework and I was like, Hey, like, um, I know we didn't like close the deal, but like, I really just like love your vibe. Like, and you asked me about DM strategy. Like, would you like me to record a video of me walking you through how I navigated our conversation so that you can learn whatever, who cares? Like, I don't care about sharing my knowledge. And I recorded a little loom for him. I was like, hey, this is why I said this. And then you responded like this and like all that stuff. And and in the end, he's like, honestly, like I would really love to work with you because it's like when you're being authentic and you're not trying to like shove something down someone's throat, like everyone else is on LinkedIn, people are like, wait, actually like this person just genuinely wants to share knowledge. 
kind of actually maybe mm-hmm. want to hire this person because they're just normal, right? They're not like creepy and I don't feel like I'm going to get stalked. I love that. I love the, like, I do feel like when you are value forward and you're like, Hey, like I am just here to help. And you're not like gatekeeping. It does make people so much more interested in working with you than if you're like, Oh, like, sorry, our conversation ends here until you pay me. And then it, it, it's $7,000 for the next (laughs) installment of information. It's like, what? It, It is a fine line to walk of like, adding value without like giving away all of your work for free. But I do feel like those it is, but I do feel like those, those people that you can have conversations with and you're like, yeah, like this is kind of like, this is my approach or like, this is my thought. This is what I would do. It does like, it makes you stand out again because there are so many people out there that are gatekeeping. So many people are scared to give out information to people. So it's like, if you can be that person, that's like, Hey, like here's a tip. It's on the house. They're like, Oh, okay. And then like, if they go and implement it, they see that it works. They're like, well, dang, like, I wonder what other information that I could learn from her. If I did work with her, like if I did pay her, if that's what she's willing to give out for free. And I do think it shows that you are like, you're not in it just for the money you're in it because you love what you're doing and you want to help people. So, ooh, authenticity. Yeah. And you learn more because when you do mm-hmm. that, you get feedback, right? Because because I asked him at the end, I was like, hey, I'm curious, like, how did you find the DM convo? Because honestly, part of me, I was like, mm, like, maybe there were parts of it that he felt awkward. And he was like, honestly, I loved it. Like, I love the DM combo. And I was like, that's extremely yeah. golden information to me. So even though I've now given this person something for free, they've returned to me like golden information that now shows me this is a really great framework that people feel comfortable being sold to in, right? Like, hell, like, sure, like, take the loom. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, this is great, right? And maybe they refer, maybe they don't hire you, but they refer you because they've been exposed to your expertise and your genuine human nature, unlike everyone else, right? So it really does, like, pay, like, Mm -hmm. you can pay it forward. I love that. I've been really open on my Instagram and on the podcast about my journey to take my agency to 30k cash months consistently. And LinkedIn, I feel like is going to play a huge role in that. I am really, really excited about it and what that is going to do for the agency. And I feel like it's going to bring in higher ticket clients. I feel like it's going to set me up as more of an authority. It is going to help like more inbound leads come in, like people searching me, people finding me. But I really feel like that kind of is the next level and almost to go from being like in the small pond with the smaller fish, the small businesses, like the startups with the small budgets to moving in to that bigger pond, like that lake with the big fish, with the big budgets and starting to play in like the bigger arena. I'm, I'm so excited. I really do feel like that is like an unlock the next level. And I cannot wait to dive in and just go like really deep on LinkedIn for like the next six months and kind of see where we're at in another six months and like what that presence does for the business, because it's not something that I've 
explored consistently. And it's definitely not something that I've done while expanding my network with ideal clients. Like when I've posted, it's literally just been like to my network of high school and college friends that are all working in corporate and like they don't have a need for my services unless they were able to like refer me. But I'm, I'm really excited. And so I want to thank you for opening my eyes to the potential that LinkedIn holds and for having this conversation and sharing so much of your knowledge too. So much unkept knowledge with us today on this episode that I really feel is going to help so many people kind of like take that leap and understand the value that can be found on LinkedIn today. And like, it's not just a place... It's not just like the corporate social platform anymore that like you go and scroll through when you're bored at your corporate job. Like there's so much more at play here. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to become a LinkedIn baddie. I'm just like, <laughs> it's it's honestly, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Tell yeah. us really quick about baddie energy. What does being a LinkedIn baddie mean? Yeah. So, I mean, being a LinkedIn baddie honestly means going against the grain and taking advantage of these opportunities that we talked about, right? Just kind of showing up as a real person and sharing, you know, honest stories and sharing honestly where you're at, you know, not like inflating things, but at the same time, also not being afraid to brag about yourself and, you know, really showcase your expertise and how awesome you are, right? So we are you know, we love being confident, but we're also honest, right? So it kind of, it kind of combines. And I think the other piece as well is just, um, just uh, not being afraid to push the boundaries. That's a big one in our content, in the DMS. I did a reel recently talking about how, like I get ghosted in the LinkedIn DMS every single month. And I'm happy about it because that shows me that I'm trying new things. Like if I'm never getting ghosted, like I'm not trying anything new. So LinkedIn baddies are always like trying new things, trying new types of content. Like one of my clients is doing like weekly LinkedIn lives and trying different things to see what works and just always experimenting. So yeah, and just um, not being afraid to say things that maybe other people would not say. That's also the thing, kind of being a little bit, a little bit outspoken, but in a, in a nice way. Of course, I love it. And I really do feel like that is... Like, it's going to make you stand out on LinkedIn. I really, really do think it is in comparison to like what I am used to seeing on LinkedIn, like throwing in a little bit of spice, like it's going to shake things up in a good way. Like it's going to get those eyes on you and your business. It's going to garner attention. I'm, I'm super excited for what to come. If you have been listening to this episode and you're like, yes, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to get on LinkedIn. Lena is giving away one free LinkedIn profile audit, which I am so excited about. This is going to be so freaking valuable. Um, I've seen some of your audits before and just like you guys, it's literally going to change the game for you. So all you have to do to enter is follow Lena on Instagram and comment on one of the clips from this episode on the female CEO show Instagram, just like sharing your favorite part, what you're most excited about for LinkedIn, like whatever, leave a comment and you will be entered 
to win a free profile audit, which is going to help you take your LinkedIn game to the next level and increase those connections. So Lena, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can connect with you, how they can work with you if they're ready to take their LinkedIn to the next level, all of the things. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn, obviously. Yes. I'm the only LinkedIn, I mean, I'm the only Lena Sasardich on LinkedIn. So you will find me 100%. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok. Both is contently underscore Lena. So it's like contently underscore Lena. Um, and then I also have a YouTube channel. I go live every single week. It's called Batty Diaries. And I share a lot about, you know, content strategy, LinkedIn profiles, like business building, all that kind of stuff, but mainly around LinkedIn every Tuesday. Um, and then I'm actually super excited. So I do offer LinkedIn profile audits too. If you ever want to grab one, just DM me. But something that I'm actually really excited about that I'm working on right now, that's launching at the end of the month. I haven't really publicly talked about it yet. Um, Ooh, is I'm launching, I'm launching a LinkedIn content membership. So when I did the last round of the LinkedIn baddie program, <clears throat> I was working with, um, my clients and they, I had created these kind of post templates for them. So a lot of the time when we join, like a, we get like content ideas, it's like just the content prompts or something, or like just the hook. But mm -hmm. what I did for them was really kind of like it's like a template, but not super, it's not like I'm telling you exactly what word to write, but like how to kind of order the post on LinkedIn and how to organize the sections. And they loved it. That was like what saved them and what like helped them actually like post consistently in the right way and feel confident that they were like creating a LinkedIn post that makes sense. Um, and so from there actually was born the idea of this content membership, because um, it's a recurring thing that people have issues with, mm -hmm. you know, creating content on LinkedIn. So yeah, starting a content membership where basically you'll get a full training on my whole content framework on LinkedIn, different trainings about, you know, how to write a good hook, how to use visuals in your post, how to write a sales post, like all that kind of stuff. And then you'll get your monthly, I think it's going to be like 12 to 15, like post wow. templates. Mm -hmm. So every month you get like a fresh set of templates to help you post, I think three times a week. So that's kind of like your core. Um, and then monthly Q and a calls where I can actually critique, like you can bring your post and I can like critique it with you. We can like audit it, write it together, stuff like that. And I'm super excited. It's launching at the, at the end of the month. It's only going to be $97 a month. So honestly, it's a really good deal. And it's just like a really good way to step into my world and start creating content consistently on LinkedIn so that you can build your brand you know, bring in your audience and, and start landing, landing some sales there. So that's kind of the thing that I'm most excited about. I have other things too. I obviously have one-on-one -on -one options if that's what you want coming out with some other digital products soon too, but that's kind of the big thing that I think I'm most excited about and where I think people can benefit the most to just start kind of posting content on there and increasing their visibility. Oh, that is so exciting. Thank you for giving us the early scoop. It has been so fun watching how much your business has evolved and how much you're growing in your business in only a few short months. Like LinkedIn baddies are going to be taking over. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> and I'm so excited to be a LinkedIn baddie myself. So if you want to join us, hit up Lena. Um, we'll have everything linked in the show notes for everyone so they can come find you and connect with you. 
Lena, thank you so, so much for joining us today and for all of the information you shared. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Female CEO Show. We will catch you on the next episode.